What's going on, you guys? Fucking, um, I'm back. I'm back, baby. I mean, I'm not trying to sound like Chris D'Elia or anything, but I'm, I'm back. So, a little backstory. Um, so, I started this podcast, like, I think it was, two thousand. yeah, it was 2018, so last year. Started this fucking, no, it wasn't, yeah, it was 2018. Anyway, god damn, I digress. Back in 2018, uh, on the verge of the uh, 2018 World Cup in Russia, you all, you know the spiel. I quit my job, started this podcast on a whim, and I basically spent the whole summer fucking watching soccer or fucking football, or as my people in the European countries say, football, right? I'm with you guys. I'm with you. I, I don't understand this whole concept of fucking American football. Motherfucker, you hardly kick the ball, man. But it's all good. I respect you. I put some respect on your name. I live here, so I respect it. Anyway, so yeah, man, I fucking, you know, I quit my job and did that shit. And it was pretty cool. It was honestly pretty fucking cool. My wife was like, hey, man, are you going to get a job anytime soon? What are you going to do? And very naively, I was like, nah, man, I'm going to make money with a podcast. Well, long story short, uh, almost immediately after the, the World Cup ended, and I found myself, you know, short of content per se. Not because there was no content out there. Obviously, all the local leagues, you know, from each country had started, specifically the Premier League. Like, oh my God, that's, I mean, we could talk about it all day if you want, but basically the Premier League is the best fucking league in the world. But, so anyway, I got this job offer, man. Fucking manage, management position, fucking upper leadership. Compensation was not too shabby, um, and long story short, fucking still there, man, but working. So anyway, why am I telling you this? You're probably wondering, like, what the fuck do I care about this douchebag's life? Tell me what's happening. I want to hear about soccer. Tell me what's going on in the soccer world, and I'll tell you, but first... Let me say that I'm fucking glad to be back. I'm not doing this to, I don't know, with any false sense of, yeah, I'm going to monetize immediately whatever content I put out, if, it, if you can even call it content. Nah, man. Now nah, I'm just doing this because it's, it's my hobby, you know? Like, I love soccer. I love Manchester United. Been a fucking Manchester United fan for as long as that I can remember. But I still follow, you know, other teams. I'll watch them. I, I, I'm not going to say I follow them. I'll watch them. But anyway, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, today's my birthday, by the way. Fucking November 22nd. The, the absolute tits. Um, got myself some new podcast equipment. I, I bought myself like a... Yo, if you can picture this, just watch this. Because I'm not going to do a YouTube channel anytime soon. I'm pretty self-conscious about my appearance. I'm a good-looking man. I'm a really good-looking man. But I got some weight on me. So we'll talk about that later. 
I'm not promoting any sort of body shaming, by the way. Love yourself for who you are, you know? <laughs> anyway, yeah, man, so fucking, uh, so if you can picture the, uh, I guess like a, like the Joe Rogan experience equipment or the Chris D'Elia's congratulations equipment, that's what I got going on, man. Shelled out the cash. Because I got it. Nah, that was that sounded douchey. I was gonna do something along the lines of like what Chris D'Elia says, like didn't make a fucking <laughs> Yo, if if you don't know about Chris D'Elia, you need to follow that guy. He's uh, he's my number one in my in my opinion. He's the number one comedian in the world, not fucking Kevin Hart. Although Kevin Hart is the it's one of the best. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to say that plural. It's one of the best, singular. He's not the best, but he's one of the best, if that makes any sort of sense. Anyway, yeah, go follow Chris Elia. He's he's pretty awesome. I've seen him live already like four or five times. Uh, I've been following him for a, for a while now, even even before he got any sort of famous. Um, Cause I just find his shit to be hilarious. That, that one fucking bit he does uh, at the Laugh Factory about the Funyuns, and then fucking gives these people shit about their names, like fucking Dylan and all. Whatever. I like. I, once again, I'm taking a tangent. I digress. So let me bring it back, players. Let me bring it back, homies. I'm back. I'm doing this for fun. So that frees me up to curse as much as I want. I apologize if you're underage and you're hearing me. You should not be hearing this This if you're underage. I do not condone you utilizing any sort of profanity. Watch your profanity. I watch a lot of Vines too, or used to, whenever they were popular. I've been trying to watch TikToks, but let's face it. Fucking, they suck. And there's a lot of fuckboys in there like, yo, I don't, I'm not trying to see you sticking your tongue out like who cares but anyway i'm one more time third time's the charm right i am back i'm doing this for fun today's my birthday got myself some new equipment so yeah man i'm gonna start fucking doing uh, episodes again and what i want to talk about today is do you have time today to talk about our lord and savior Jose Mourinho. Y'all tell you this much. Um, like, what the fuck happened? Obviously, Mauricio Pochettino, Poch, as they like to call him in England. Yeah, he uh, his relationship with the owner of Tottenham or the Spurs, Hot Spurs, it, it broke, right? Poch took them to levels they could only ever dream of and he realistically achieved them he didn't win any trophies at the end of the day hey man like i've been saying at the end of the day all these fucking clubs all these fucking teams whether we're talking about soccer basketball american hand egg any fucking sport any team that is privately owned they are in the business for the sole purpose of making money so they can be dentless 
like Chris D'Elia says. And that's about the last reference to Chris D'Elia I will make today, except for this one. They want to be fucking deadless. <laughs> but yeah, man, they're, they're, they're corporations at the end of the day. They're, they're your fucking typical corporations. You can even picture them like a nine to five job for these players. Because at the end of the day, what the team cares about is making money, is being profitable, being marketable. Fucking going out to Nike and saying, hey, Nike, look, I got all these fans behind me. I just I want money to purchase players. And I want to sign a contract with you where you're going to give me an exorbitant amount of money. And I'm going to be fucking repping your 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 clothing brand, your sporting brand. Um, so, yeah. So anyway, so that's what's happening with all these clubs, right? So then where am I going with Poch? So the reason Poch, I guess his relationship with the owner broke down is because regardless of where he took them as a team, and you got to take into, into account this motherfucker, he couldn't get fucking new signings. I mean, yes, he had a world, world-class striker in Harry Kane. Uh, he's got the uh, Hyungmin Son or Sonaldo. Dele Ali, don't even get me started on this kid. Fucking, he's got the talent. He knows he's got the talent. He's got the skills, but he doesn't do shit. Like, dude, fucking break out, man. Do something. I don't know. Score goals. Set up stuff. Assist. Control the game. I don't know. Be the game changer. Be a world class player. Because as of right now, I do not see Dele Ali. As a world-class player. Anyway, so even though Poch was able to take them to all these tournaments, like the, the Champions League final, which is a huge feat on its own, the fact that they're always in the top four of the Premier League table, a new stadium, state-of-the-art training facilities, blah, 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 all these things. At the end of the day, what the shareholders, what the stockholders, what the owners of the club... All they care about are numbers. So if we look back at Poch's or Pochettino's spell at Tottenham, he didn't win. He didn't win a fucking thing. Like, literally, he didn't win anything. Like, at all. So then when you go back and you say, okay, man, so how are we going to... God, and I hate this because it happens to me in, in the corporate world, right? I want to ask for something. Like, I want to say, hey, I want to ask... Or I want to hire three new resources, or I want to buy this off because I work in an IT. I work in an IT field, so then I said I want to buy this software. I want to buy that license. I want to buy this. I want to buy that. I want to invest. Blah blah. At the end of the day, the fucking the people above me always come back and say, "Show me concrete evidence to support your request." And we're talking about numbers. We're talking about metrics. So in Poch's case, if this dude's saying, I want to buy a world-class defender, I want to invest in scouting, blah, 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 whatever. Whatever Poch wanted, the owner probably came back and said, or the owner or the sporting director or the board of directors, they probably came back and said, hey, man, what's your supporting evidence? What have you won? And the cold hard fact is that he didn't win the damn thing. So then he grew frustrated as people normally do. I would. I certainly would. I mean, if I'm not, 
if I'm performing at a high level, right, with limited, limited resources, limited uh, whatever, and I, and I keep asking for these things, right? I request like, hey, I need this so that I can make it to the next level. Or I want that, or I want this person, or I need to recruit, what have you. And you're just not getting it. So then you grow frustrated, and then you start to resent your the people above you, your upper management. You're talking about your VP, CEOs, board directors, uh, levy guy, the owner of Tottenham. So then the relationship broke down, man. And that's what happened. Was that the right decision that the uh, owner made? In his mind, it probably was. But to the rest of the world, no, man. Fucking Potch was great. The little, the things he did with the little he had, amazing. And I'm as a Manchester United fan, honestly, I'm excited about the prospect of possibly signing Potch. I mean, at the end of the day, I love OGS, right? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I love him. And I want to support him because that's what Manchester United is. We're not the type of club, or they are not the type of club, that just sack managers left and right like Chelsea and Roman Abramovich. They stick, they stick by their managers until they reach a certain breaking point. I'm not necessarily sure uh, Solskjaer is at that level yet. Um, but a few few weeks ago he was. But nah, I don't want to say a few weeks ago. Two international breaks ago. So which is we're talking about maybe like a month and a half. He he was definitely there. He was he turned it around though after that first international break. That dude turned it around and it was. It was I mean, uh, the guys are performing right. They're doing their, they're doing their job. Yeah, you got to take into account that a lot of people are injured for Man United. But once again. I digress. So long story short, I'm excited about the prospect of Poch being available. I just don't know if he's going to end up at Man United. And why is Poch available? It's because he got sacked. He was let go of his job because he didn't win any trophies. And he grew frustrated at the lack of um, investment. So then here comes Jose Mourinho. And Mourinho, what this guy did, he he was preparing the whole time he was unemployed. I read an article, uh, I think it was yesterday or Wednesday, I read this article of what Mourinho did in the, in the year he was off. Yo, this guy was fucking on it. Talk about a guy not resting even though he was unemployed. I mean, and you take a look at Mourinho and how much money does he have? So he's earned money at every club he's gone to. Obviously, he's he gets uh, his wages paid, but even when he gets sacked, he receives compensation upwards of two, three, four, five. God knows how many millions of euros he earned just by being sacked by that quote unquote breach of contract because they terminated his contracts, right? So. You, I mean, let's see. Let, let me do this real quick. I got my, I got my trusty phone right here next to me. Let me take a look at the uh, Mourinho's net worth. Bear with me. Bear with me, players. Here we go. I'm going to Google. What is the net worth of a 
Jose Mourinho. Yeah, fuck that, dude. Fucking Mourinho. Yeah, 40 million euros. That's how much his motherfucker's worth. So do you really think a person like him with that amount of money in his bank account or assets or whatever, do you think he needs to look for a job? He didn't. But that's the type of that's the type of individual he is. He prepared himself. He did the research. So, um, in short, what this article says that Mourinho, in the, in the whole, in the entire time that he was unemployed, and while he was doing the the, the punditry, so the broadcasting and being appearing on TV as a as an analyst, while he did that on the side. What he was actually doing is he was recruiting a sort of new coaching core. So a new coaching team that would become the core wherever he went. And he would tell them, and, and I think he went to France, and I, I think it was with Lille uh, and the the Ligue 1. Um, and I think at, at Lille, he, or Lille, Lille, whatever, he recruited two coaching people there, or two coaches there. I think one of them was like the goalkeeper who used to be a, goal, a professional goalkeeper himself. I think he recruited somebody else. Um, so anyway, basically what this guy did is um, instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to stick with the same coaching staff that I used to have. He said, I need fresh ideas. I need, I need new blood into my system. Um, even though I will retain the ideologies that have made me successful thus far, what the fuck I'm going to do now is, I mean, the game is evolving, right? The game is not the same fucking style that people used to, or the teams used to play back in 1999, 2000, 2008, 2010, to even 2015. I mean, the game's evolved so much so that in order to be, stay relevant, you have to innovate. You have to become innovative. You need to implement innovative ways to recover, to press, to attack, to defend, to uh, be physical, to be fast. And all these things, right? So again, so what this guy did is so that he would remain relevant in this day and age, regardless of what club he ended up at, this guy was recruiting. And he would, and what I read from this article is that he would recruit and he would go and say, Hey, listen, I want you to become part of my coaching staff. The opportunity will be here soon. I can sense it. Be, be ready for that call. So why am I saying this is because to, and this was probably happening on the back end and the fucking back end in the corporate world means you, you cannot see this It's happening behind the scenes. But basically, behind the scenes, while the owner of Hotspurs was getting ready to let go of Pochettino, there's this thing also in the corporate world called uh, a line of succession, where you don't want to let somebody go without finding their replacement. Um, some people are fucking cavaliers, and they say, you know what, fuck this person, I'm going to let them go without having a steady replacement to fill their their vacancy, right? Some people do that. And that's what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did by letting go of uh, Alexis Sanchez, Romelu Lukaku, and a few others, like Chris Walling and, and that. 
And, and in a way, it makes sense. They didn't fit his style of play, so why keep them, right? I mean, if you're not able to replace him in that specific transfer market, well, there's also no need to keep him as dead weight. There's no need to include them in your plans and training this and that, blah, blah. But in my opinion, the smarter approach is to follow a line of succession and find a suitable replacement, which in the naked eye, people are saying like, oh my God, uh, Mauricio Pochettino was literally sacked two hours ago and now Jose Mourinho is being talked about being the replacement. Fast forward six hours later, Mourinho signed and is the new manager for Tottenham Hotspurs. So while you may think that shit happened in like the nick of time, it didn't. The owner did his research. He knew he needed to let go of Mauricio Pochettino, whatever his reasons may be. Pochettino knew as well. He, he probably sensed it. He could smell that he was going to be let sacked or let go or what have you. Um, and yeah, so while the owner was like, okay, I'm going to let you go, bam, here's a list of available replacements for you. And you were talking about your, from what I read, uh, some of the possible candidates were Carlo Ancelotti, um, Jose Mourinho, of course. And I can't remember the others. The list was had like six six managers. But because of the research, because of the dedication, because Jose Mourinho, I'm, I'm assuming, didn't just, you know, sit around waiting for, for a call to then get working. This guy was ready to go, man. This fucking guy was like, hey, I'm not waiting. I got money and I got time. But I'm not going to spend it like that. I'm going to be ready. So by the time that phone call comes comes, and I sign that contract, my team and I are going to be ready to hit the ground running. And as you can see it, dude signed a contract, became the Tottenham Hotspurs manager. A few hours later, the dude's at the training ground, fucking training, getting introduced to the players, holding press conferences. So like I said, man, this guy's ready to go. He was like, fucking ready to go, man. But anyway, I'm back, bitches. And this is not geared towards women, because that's a degrading term. This is just a general term. Maybe I should not be saying it, actually. But again, who cares? I'm not being demonetized, because I'm not making any fucking money, man. <laughs> this shit's for free. Uh, so yeah. I'm stoked to be back. I'm enjoying this. I've enjoyed, I've thoroughly enjoyed making this one podcast or this one episode. There's more to come, obviously, obviously, but this is the first one. Took about a year and some change of a break. Was I wouldn't really want to call it a break because it wasn't a break. I was just too busy being a corporate rat, following that cheese, chasing that cheese. But hey, soccer's my passion. I love it. Man United, number one in my heart. Or again, why am I saying it plural? I, I'm just a guy, man. I don't have multiple hearts. That'd be weird. NASA would probably come at me and be like, how the fuck you got multiple hearts, man? Do you love as intensely 
as the multiple hearts. Those are the mysteries. The enigma. Anyway, players, thank you so much for giving me uh, some of your time to listen to this shit. My rant. It's good, it's good to be back. I am stoked to be back. Look, look out for more of these to come. Definitely, there'll be more centralized and geared towards topics related to soccer. Hey, if you have any comments or questions or fucking just, just want to say, hey, man, welcome back or anything like that, follow me on Instagram or don't follow me. But leave me a comment. Send me a DM. Don't be don't be weird about it though. You know what I mean? Don't fucking send me some like <sighs> cool. Nah, man. Fucking say something. Hold a conversation. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I love you. I love you, Broson. What's a how, what, what's a good word that I can so that I can encompass women and men? Just. Any, anybody that's a human. I'll figure it out. It's not too important at this time. Anyway, that's all for me. This is episode number blah, blah, blah for Corporate FC. We'll, we'll just call it 1-B or something like that. Um, I love you guys. And be seeing you.